Hello everybody and welcome to this new episode. My name is Sarah and this is Amsterdamus, the podcast that introduces you to amazing women from Amsterdam. Glitter makes everything better. That's the life motto of Lady Galore, one of the most famous drag queens of the Netherlands. She has done drag shows all over the world, has been an ambassador for the Amsterdam Pride, and recently she has published a book. But Lady Galore knows that drag means so much more than just putting on a wig. And today she will talk with us about her personal journey. Hi Lady Galore, thanks for being with me today. I'm so excited to be here. Please tell us, who is Lady Galore? What is she like? Uh, Lady Galore is a drag queen from Amsterdam. Um, who is Her ego is probably bigger than her wigs are. Um, she likes to travel. Um, I Yeah, she's basically a staple in the Dutch drag scene. And she's been doing drag for over, I would say, four, no, 14 years now already. Lord, yeah, a long time. What inspired you to become Lady Galore? For me, I think I always loved drag and I always loved the the way women were able to sort of dress up and make themselves pretty. And I always loved that. And when I saw my first drag queen, I was so mesmerized. Um, and then my friends told me, you have a weird face. You should try to put some makeup on it and see what happens. They meant it in a loving way, but... Uh, because at that point, there were only a few drag queens in the city and they were they all had quite a quite a distinct face as a guy. So when they transformed into this drag queen persona, they became really pretty women. And I was like, okay, let me give it a try. And to be honest, I thought I looked really pretty. Now looking back at those photos, though, that was not necessarily the case. But I I I felt amazing. And we all need to practice when we start something new, right? Exactly. <laughs> How long does it take to get ready? Oh, um, I, I take a long time. I, I must say, I, I don't know how some queens can do it in an hour, but I take about three hours to do makeup and hair. And then I need another half hour or 45 minutes to get dressed and be ready to leave the door, to leave the house. Yeah. You just mentioned transforming into the queen could you describe what happens to you when you become lady galore i don't yeah I, i i could try but i think there would be a really long story i i don't really know what happens i just know it happens automatically so when i i hate doing the transformation to be honest i it's not my favorite part at all i don't like the three hours of makeup it's every time it kind of feels like oh here we go again but During the transformation, something magical happens and it just, it is a, I don't know, it's an attitude, it's a feeling, you, you, you I change so, so much um, visually that I would have to also act a bit different and talk a bit different and move a bit different because it would feel really weird to, you know, move like a dude when you look like a beautiful woman. How did your family and friends react when you started transforming into Lady Galore? 
Well, I, I think when I started doing drag, they didn't realize, they didn't see it because they, uh, they weren't on my social media back then. Uh, you know, like I did not allow them to my Facebook. Uh, Facebook was just for friends. And uh, so they, they the first times I think they got to see me was like or on the news or on like in, a, in like a newspaper thingy. So I don't know if it was a shock. They also knew that they couldn't tell me anything. So they couldn't say that they were like against it because th th this was my world and this was my life. And if they wanted a relationship with me, then they're just, they're just going to have to accept me. What does drag mean to you? Drag for me means um, that I'm able to be and live the fantasy that I want to live at that moment. And for me, that is the female fantasy. It's like looking glamorous, going into a bar and having all the eyes on you. Because to be honest, that's what if I if I always thought like if I would be a woman, I would be I, I think I would be a showstopper. I think I would be one of those women that just walks into a bar and like six guys would be like, would you like a drink? I don't know. It's just a fantasy. But that's kind of how I feel when I'm in drag. I feel like I'm gorgeous and nobody's going to tell me anything. It's this. I don't know. So drag for me, you know that drag stands for dressed as girl. It's it's uh, I don't know uh, what the English word for that is, but it stands for dr. Ag, and it comes from Shakespeare because in the uh, in the, the the booklet that came with the the role description for Shakespeare parts, it in front of a female role because obviously females were not allowed to play, uh, the, you know, be an actress. So all the female roles were played as men, and in front of the male role or a female role it would then say dr.ag dressed as girl so that's where drag comes from and obviously it was ridiculous and finally you know thank god that women can rightfully be whoever the i don't know if i can swear but i, I want to say fuck the you know who they want to be but um but yeah i it's it's ridiculous but that's where drag comes from it's it's literally dressed as girl You just said you imagine if you were a woman, you would be a showstopper. Could you tell us what has Lady Galo taught you about what it means to be a woman? Well, I don't know. I don't know what it means to be a woman. I, I'm a guy, you know, I don't know. Um, I just like, like I said, I like to imagine sometimes that I, that I am this glorious, beautiful woman. And for me, it is a way of, also being able and what i'm often very jealous of women they have so many colors they could wear and i mean guys could wear that too i mean but it's not as common and if you look at a if you walk into a clothing shop for women there's so many options in dresses and shorts and you know heels and there's flat shoes and you have the you have the opportunity to pick whatever you want to wear if you go to a guy's store you will not see heels You know, you see just flats. Um, you will see pants. You will definitely not see skirts. So the fact that there's so many options for women um, nowadays is really what I I got attracted to in drag. I, I was just like, I want to be, I want to live that freedom. I want to feel um, that I have the choice to wear what I want to wear. And that is... Uh, of course, if you look at history, something that was very different a very long time ago. But now it is, um, yeah, 
it's the way it is. And to be honest, drag for me, it's it's ba- mostly entertainment. So I'm I'm an entertainer, and I love um, I love making people when they see me make them feel like wow, that is amazing. I love what that person is doing, and I always want to make everyone happy, and I want to make them feel loved and welcome. And that is what drag can do for people. I think if I walk into a if I'm in a bar and people walk in, I want to make them feel welcome, and I want to make them feel happy. And I want them to laugh and I want them to have a good time because that is what my, you know, I always explain like some people make a painting. Some people sing a song. I do drag. That's my way of, of art and entertainment. Have you received any negative feedback so far from women who think that Lady Galore is a parody of womanhood? Mm, not really negative, but definitely critical. Um, I don't think that they see Lady Galore as a parody because I always am dressed respectfully. Um, I'm, you know, it's never super slutty or it's never, um, it's never really shocking. So I don't get that so much. I, I get questions and like, but I, I never, it was it's never my intention to make fun of women. And I think a parody is usually something to make fun of women. And for me, it is something that uplifts women because I think I'm celebrating womanhood. I am like, you know, the fact that I I want to look like women and I love that. If I look at a magazine with fashion models, I'm like, wow, look at her, you know, and that's that's what I do. And that's how I feel. Um, but of course, people are critical and that's fine and, and have a conversation with me and we'll talk and we'll figure this out. You have recently published your first book. It's called Glitter Makes Everything Better, How Lady Galore Saved My Life. Yes, but in Dutch. There's no English title. If you Unfortunately. <laughs> I know, unfortunately. If you, if, you, if you Google that, then you won't find the book. But if you, find, if, you, yeah, if you do Lady Galore and Glitter, you'll probably find it. Would you like to share with us a quick overview what the book is about? Oh, there's so much in the book. So I, to be honest, I... I made this book because I felt that I could tell a story. First of all, it's a, it's kind of a biography. So it's about my life, which is uh, has not been easy. And then it's also kind of gay for dummies. It's like, where does the LGBTQIA plus stand for? Where does the rainbow flag come from? What did the original colors mean? And, and why is it now changed into... Um, you know, the trans colors and the, uh, the, the black and the brown stripe in it. What, are that, what does that mean and why is it necessary? So it's kind of like also an explanation of queer culture, plus a lot of information about drag and also about mental health, because I've, I've had my struggles with that in the past with depression so I, and, and bullying. And I, I, re I really wanted to make this book because I wanted to tell my story and I wanted people to learn from what not to do and what what where where they could go if they needed help. So there's also a lot of links to if if people are feeling low or they need to talk to someone, they there's options where they can see in the book like, you know, go here and and um, get help. Don't stay when you are in in a depression, don't stay silent. Talk about it. Stuff like that. So it's not a self-help book, but that was kind of what I wanted to do a little bit. Just a little bit. You are currently receiving a lot of attention. You are promoting your book. You have been on the Dutch TV. You have a lot of interviews for Dutch newspapers. Does this sometimes get too much for you, all the attention? 
Oh, yes. <laughs> because I, I love attention in drag, but as myself, I kind of like that I can go to the supermarket and get toilet paper without people be like, Oh, Lady Galore needs to poop. You know, it, it, I love being anonymous in that sense. So it does get a little, little too much for me, but I'm not going to complain about having too much work at the moment because I've been, you know, not working for a year and a half and now that things are picking back up and now I'm super, super, super busy. Yeah, I'm not going to complain about being too busy. I, I am living my dream and it's great. And I'm so happy that I get to tell the story about drag and about the, the wonders of the drag world and what my drag family looks like, for instance, because I'm, um, I'm a drag mother, a grandmother, actually, by now. Um, so I have this whole family and it's also explained how that kind of works within our community because you kind of get to create your own family. Uh, when you do drag and you kind of like other drag kids, they learn from me and then they become really good and then they become drag mothers themselves. And then, so it kind of go, it's like a, a real family sort of without men. <laughs> Speaking of learning from you as a drag mother and a drag grandmother, what does it take to become a successful drag queen? I think, I think personality is the most important part and drive. That I think if you have those two things, creativity creativity would definitely help as well. But I, I, I don't think you need to, if you have drive, you can learn anything. So you can learn to do makeup, you can learn to do hair, you can learn to, to, to do a performance, but the drive needs to be there and the personality, because yes, you can learn to do all those things. But if you walk into a bar in drag and you just sort of sit there like somebody who is like shy and not able to and also that you can overcome you can overcome shyness but you still have to have a little bit of a personality like something that makes you unique because for me that that is what if people think of lady galore they already know that i love to laugh i love a cocktail um i love to have a good time and i like to do it with other queens so that's my that's what that's what i am And I know that from every drag queen, every good drag queen that I know, I know oh, that's her thing. And she does, this is how that person is. What are the biggest challenges being a drag queen? I think prejudice is a really big challenge because you need to sort of like, sometimes people feel like you need to explain yourself a lot. And I don't always want to be explaining myself. So that's why I love going to a gay bar or going to a place where there's a rainbow flag because then I don't have to explain myself. Um, so prejudice is a struggle and also safety um, because this is the weird part for me. I can, as a man, I can dress up as a dog or I can dress up as a monster or a witch for Halloween or something creepy. But if I dress up like a woman, how dare I? You know, and that for me, it hits feminism so hard because I'm like, so why? Because it's mostly dudes who are against it. I'm just like, why are you so offended that I am dressing up like a woman? What is it about women that is so bad that you cannot? So I, I just don't get that personally. Um, so for me, that is also a challenge because safety is important. I need to be able to get to a location. I, I would love to be able to walk in the street in drag and not be attacked or harassed or discriminated against. But unfortunately, in Amsterdam, that's not possible in most places. There are places where it's fine, like the Jordan or the Regeliestrasstad. But still there, sometimes you get spit at or you get called names. 
Um, so yeah, safety and prejudice, I think, and they also link with each other. So I think that's, that's the biggest struggle and money. We need money. <laughs> you also have a very big online persona. You are very present on social media. Do you also receive hate speech and negative comments online? To be honest, I think I'm the worst influencer in the, in, in Amsterdam. I hate doing it. I post stuff and I have I have a, quite a, an amount of followers but I if I post something I get I don't even get a thousand likes and I I I have about 14,000 followers. I don't know what I'm doing wrong but there's something. But yeah, I also get a lot of hate messages. I get some death threats occasionally um but I'm a, I'm in that sense I don't let it get to me so much so I just am a delete and block type person. So if somebody is, you can have a difference of opinion, that's fine. But if you are disrespectful, then it's just delete block. I'm really quick with it. I, I get... Do you consider drag a form of activism for LGBT? I think so. I don't know how it is for other people. But for me, um, I've always used my drag as a visual art form. And because, like, for instance, if there's a group of people, right, on them square, but there's one drag queen, you will notice the drag queen. And with that attention, you can do something positive. So for me, I always thought it, if there was a protest, I, I would be there in drag because then I will get noticed. And with that being noticed, you can, like a news, uh, like a, a journalist or a photographer would be like, oh, And then it would get into the newspapers, which is good because if you do a protest, you want attention for the problem, what it's about. And then when they interview me, I can let them know, listen, this is a problem. We need to change. So with that visual that you get from a drag queen, you can put it back and do something positive for your community. And that's always kind of what I try to do. Um, I also sometimes go to protests and stuff as myself, because especially when it's not about drag or it's not about me or it's not about LGBT things, if it's, yeah, you need to sort of make your choices in that sense that it doesn't, it doesn't evolve around me, but if it's a problem that affects me, then I will definitely try to get some attention for it. I guess it's also a question of practical issues. If you want to walk in a march, you really need to consider your shoes because I guess you can't walk that fine, those impressive heels, can you? That is true. And to be honest, that is one of the least feministic things about drag we in the drag world it is a no-no to wear flat shoes which is ridiculous because to be honest we should have the power to wear what we want to wear but flat shoes are so looked down upon so um i definitely um if i do a march i've i for instance i've marched the pride parade in london and i knew it was a walking situation so i bejazzled some sneakers i put them in rhinestones from beginning till end it took me hours and hours to do so because i was like if i'm going to wear flats there better be fucking fabulous so yeah so it, it it is something that you have to really keep in mind what to do but it doesn't mean that you don't have to show up just because it's hard to walk do you think that the netherlands are generally tolerant towards lgbt Oh, yeah, I think generally if we are living, if you compare it with other countries, I think we are doing really good. I think it used to be way more tolerant about, like, for instance, in the 90s or early 2000s. I think it really changed in the last decade or decade and a half. 
um, Amsterdam the way I knew it from 15 to 18 years ago is no longer that Amsterdam. And I think we really need to keep working on it. And that's why pride is so important because people need to see diversity and they need to see different people of, to be honest, I, I always think this with pride, they always say, oh, why does it always have to be the leather boys? And why does it always have to be the drag queens? Why does these extremes need to be visible? They need to be visible because if people only see people in T-shirts and shorts, then that's their norm. And that is and then if somebody is a bit more extreme than that, they will be like, oh, you know, that's too much. But if they see these really extreme things at Pride, then all these different people will be more accepted in the end because it, it is a celebration of being able to be who you want to be. So that is Pride is so, so important. And now I forgot your question, but this is what I wanted to say. <laughs> the question was, do you think that the Netherlands are generally tolerant? Do you want to pick up on that? <laughs> right. So I think so. I, I think so. But there's a lot that needs to change still. And I think there's a lot of work to be done. Uh, and you can sort of tell, like, for instance, now with the interview I did for RTL News, and you can see the reactions underneath, about one third is hateful. Uh, about one third I need to block and delete because they are saying really awful stuff. So I think there's still a lot of work to be done. What are the changes that you would like to see in the Dutch society and how can we achieve that? Oh, I think, you know, the Dutch, like they, they are direct and we have this norm where uh, the Dutch saying is, do maar normaal, dan doe je gek genoeg, which means uh, act normal because that's already crazy enough. And I, I really want to get rid of that stupid, stupid saying, like, who, what is normal and why do you have to act normal? I think people should be more free to be who they want to be and to, to, to not necessarily want to be, but also who they are. Because a lot of people are trying to fit the norm of what society thinks they should be. I think if in the end, if, if people are just trying to be themselves, I think that would be the best. And I think Amsterdam has that potential and the Netherlands has that potential uh of being able to do that and being able to become that and i think compared to a lot of lots of parts in the world that's already this like the, the case but i i would love to see a bit more of that what are your big dreams as lady gallo what do you want to achieve maybe big events or international careers something like that i've i've To, this sounds really arrogant, but I've done the international career, and that's amazing. I love traveling. I've, I've literally, in for drag, I've been to China, uh, Chicago, New York, London. I've, I've been to Stockholm, um, all so many, so many crazy places, and it's been wonderful. I've been to Australia. That was really awesome. I just, yeah, sorry, that popped in my head. Um, so stuff like that, that, that traveling, combining traveling with drag is still on my wish list because that's what I love to do. I was supposed to go last year to India twice for um, a film festival. And I would really would have loved to be able to say I've seen queer people in India, you know, trying to get out there and trying to do what they can do. That would have been so valuable to me to be part of that. So that that is my goal, I think, to experience more different LGBT scenes throughout the world and also in places where it's not that safe or it's not that common. Um, I've, 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 I've already been blessed to be able to see so many different types of prides, but I, I want to see more of that. I want to be educated better on what it means to be queer in different parts of the world. So that is a wish. 
when it when and maybe I would love I would love a photo of Erwin Olaf. I've always said that from the beginning of my career. I would love him to photograph me at one point. Apart from that, I'm I'm so so happy with my life. It it sounds horrible because I'm not rich. I have a shitty house. Um, I live really small and it's it's really badly isolated. Uh, but I have a nice garden. You know, I've I've made the best of it. So it's it's just. I think it's just trying to be happy with what I have and sharing it with people and um, having amazing experiences. Where can people see you and your shows and how can people support you and what you do? Well, buy the book, for instance. That would be really good to start with. Yeah, no. That, but apart from that, uh, my shows at the moment, so before COVID, I, I didn't really do shows anymore in the Netherlands. It was mainly uh, in other parts of the world. Um, just be open and i think if one if people want to see me there's always instagram or there's always you know i'm always doing something and i i would like people to be more informed about the drag scene and about the the community and about how it what it really means to do that so if they yeah they can also go and see the documentary which is called galore it's on tweedok on mpo if you google galore tweedok uh, as in two doc You will find it. Yeah, so that's 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 kind of how they can find me. And 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 if they want to see me in real life, well, they can always book me. Lady Galore, thank you so much for being with me today. It was a pleasure. I had so much fun. Oh, good. And I wish you all the best. Thank you so much. And this also marks the end of today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Stay tuned if you want to meet more amazing women from Amsterdam. And please don't forget to follow Amsterdam on Instagram and on Facebook. Thanks and take care, everybody. Bye.